Good morning, everyone. We are so glad you guys are here. I hope everybody got something to eat, something to drink, the sweet nectar of coffee. Um, we are so glad y'all are here today. We are going to talk about cultivating joy in the summer, which I don't know about y'all, but sometimes summer gets me a little anxious, and I need to be reminded that there is joy in the summer. Um, so really excited about today's topic and getting to talk to you guys about all that. You're going to get to hear from a bunch of us. So it's just going to kind of be a, a quick whiplash, but it's going to be super fun. So we're so glad you're here. Um, let's pray, and we will get started. God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this space. We thank you for the, the hearts, the moms that are here, the babies that have joined, and the people, the little people down in training ground. Lord, I pray for our time, that our time would be filled with your spirit, that our hearts would be um, open and acceptable, that we would be vulnerable and honest with the people around us. Uh, Lord, that you would bring peace in what sometimes can feel chaos. And so, Lord, I pray that you protect this room, that you protect the hearts here, and that everything that is from your spirit would just penetrate our hearts, and everything that's not would just fall away. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. I'll hold it just in case. No. All right. Good morning. My name is Hannah Kendall. And I have, I have a husband, his name is Carter, and we have three children. We have Hudson, he is almost seven, Caden is six, or no, he's almost six, and then Madeline is two. And so today I'm going to be talking to you guys about what it's like to have a quiet time when there's no schedule, or when you're at home with lots of itty-bitties um, with nowhere to be, like school, nowhere to rush out to. So something that I always say to my kids is, I love you so much, but I love Jesus more. And for those of you that know my oldest, you probably are not surprised when I tell you, he looks at me and he goes, Mom. I'm like, no, buddy, I really do. I love you so, so much, but I love Jesus more. And so when there is structure in my week, which typically is the school year, honestly, um, I've got my time where I have my quiet time, I've got my place, and I've got my study. I know exactly what I'm going to be doing. Um, and in 1 Chronicles, it says, look to the Lord for his strength, seek his face always. That's 1 Chronicles 16, 11. So when I've got my study, or when I've got my time, that's right when my boys walk out the door for school. I know I'm going to have a few minutes to be able to sit there and do my Watermark Women's Bible study. Um, and if I don't get it done right then, then it's when I put my daughter down for her nap. I know that if I don't get it done in those two times, then I've prioritized something else above spending time with the Lord. And so when there is no schedule, which for me, that's summer. Um, for some of you, that is every day because you're not having to rush kids out the door to school. My quiet times are far and few between. There's not consistency. I feel distant from the Lord. And more importantly, like, I'm not modeling fruits well for my kids. What I say to my son is, I love you so much, but I love Jesus more. He's not seeing that because I'm not spending that time with the Lord. And so in James 4, 8, it says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. And so God wants us to come near to him. He wants us to spend that time with him. So during the summer or when you don't have that consistency, how can you make your quiet times meaningful for yourself, but then also engage your kids and bring them into that as well? And because in a perfect world, I would like to say that I'm going to set my alarm in the summer and wake up before my kids. 
but I am not going to set my alarm in the summer, and I do not wake up before my kids. Um, I wake up with a little kid standing over me, Mom, Mom, I want a waffle. Like, go make yourself a waffle. Um, so in the summertime, just knowing myself and knowing that I'm not going to be waking up at the crack of dawn to spend the time with the Lord before I'm uninterrupted, if you can do that, I applaud you, and I admire you so much, but that's just not me. Um, so how to fit it into your schedule? You've got to find what works for you. So for me, this summer, I might be putting out coloring sheets from Pinterest on my coffee table or on our kitchen counter. They have so many. You can go and look. They have so many storybook Bible coloring sheets. They've got some for free. And so a way that I can even bring my kids into that is when they see those coloring sheets out, they know, okay, we're going to color this morning while mom sits there and reads. But then to take it a step further for them is after they're done coloring, look at it and be like, oh my gosh, look what you just colored. You colored Jesus at a really long table with a bunch of people. Those are his disciples and this is the Last Supper. And here's what happened in that. So then you're sharing the story with them and they're taking it away. Even if they don't look like they're listening, I promise you, they're taking something away from it. Another idea is there's this ministry that I discovered last year, and I did it with my, my boys because they're a little bit older. Um, it's called Not Consume Ministries. It's on your handout, so don't feel like you have to write it down. But it's a family Bible study, and they've got different studies, and they've got it for different age-range kids. So they've got one for the itty-bitties, one for school age, and then they've got a parent's guide as well. And we're going to be doing this again this summer for my family, and we're going to do the obey study because we are really working on that first-time obedience. Um, But then also I can share with my kids like, hey, I have to be obedient to the Lord as well, and God is calling me to do something. If I'm not listening, then I'm not obeying. So I'm really excited to see what that study is all about. We will be doing that. Um, And then Elizabeth Tamlin, one of our uh, mentor moms, she makes these scripture memory books, and they're beautiful. Guys, she's watercolored these pictures and has a verse to go with each one, and my kids love these. Um, I've given them as gifts, and it's just a great way to practice hiding the word of God in your heart, and um, I've also used these when we are having a tantrum and just need a second to take a time in, sit down on the floor with my kids, and just everybody take a second to calm down, and then it also puts the focus back on the Lord and Usually that helps me calm down, and it takes a minute for my kids too, but it's a great resource. And then, um, so my boys are also at the age where they can grab their Bibles as well. My um, oldest is reading, so it will be neat to be able to be like, hey, buddy, let's both read this together this morning. Grab your Bible. My youngest, um, he's like at that, or not my youngest, my middle, he's at like that emerging reading stage. Like he'll still grab his storybook Bible and he'll be able to look through the pictures. And then the last one, and this one I'm really excited about, my community group girls, we are memorizing the books of the Bibles with our kids this summer. So we've got a goal to memorize those by the end of the summer. And by the end of the summer, if we've all memorized it, we're going to go do ice cream or something fun with our kids. And we're just getting on Spotify and finding the version that we like. Um, some of them have older kids, so they're not going to be real into that Genesis, Exodus, you know. Um, it's more of like a rap version. You don't want me to sing it. Um, so that's another way to just engage your kids. But then it's also going to bring it back of like, hey, I'm modeling for you guys that I love you so much. But because you're seeing me spend time in the word you're seeing that I really do love Jesus more and I am prioritizing that relationship above all because that's the number one relationship that I should have in my life. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. 
So my goal with this and with doing this with my kids and engaging them in my quiet times is that they're going to be clinging to that verse, that Proverbs 22, 6. And then one day, I hope that they look at me and say, Mom, I love you so much, but I do love Jesus more. And that's the goal that we should all have. All right, you guys. Um, these will, or if you want to take a look at this, you can later. And Elizabeth's Instagram for these is on the paper as well. So give her a follow. Next up, we've got Martha. So y'all welcome Martha on up. There we go. Got it. Okay, yay for technology. Um, slides are up now. We'll see if they continue. Um, my name's Martha. Um, for those of you who I haven't met, this is my family. Um, that's my husband, Josh, my son, Ellis, my daughter, Gwen. Um, and we're at the beach, and I'm dreaming of going to the beach and I'm not at the beach, and we don't have any plans to go to the beach this summer, so um, we can all just live vicariously through that picture. Um, <clears throat> so today we're talking about joy. Joy. I'm sure you all have heard the phrase, comparison is the thief of joy. Um, so if comparison is the thief of joy, by comparison I mean you go to your friend's house, and they've just redone their bathroom, and it's so much cuter than yours, and now your bathroom is just not that great. Or um, doing the Instagram scroll, and you see so-and-so, they just always take really good pictures of their kids, and they seem to just enjoy those down moments with their kids, and that's not my gift. So that can kind of stir that for me, or even kind of this sticky one that um, you may even think, oh, she is so good at serving in that role. God did not gift me like that, and comparison seeps in. And so what brings us joy? Um, I would say it's perspective. And by perspective, perspective is similar to comparison, so, um, but it's different in that we're not just looking to our left, we're also looking to our right. We're looking in front and behind, across town and across the world. Consider it kind of a, a world view. Um, so try it with me for a second. Picture your kitchen, um, whatever state it's in. I left mine in a state of chaos this morning. We're going to picture it clean. But um, what do you love about your kitchen? What do you, what do you dislike about your kitchen? Is something broken? Um, does something not flow the way you want it to? You wish you had more counter space? Um, I'll show you my kitchen. Uh, don't compare. Uh, but that's my kitchen. Um, that's one time when it was really clean. Um, I don't know if it's looked like that in quite some time. Um, but I'll tell you what I see. I do like my kitchen. I think it's a cute kitchen. Um, but the ice maker is on the fritz. And sometimes we have ice and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we get a giant block of ice. Um, those butcher block countertops we DIY'd when we moved in. And we didn't really know how to cut them correctly. And so the seams don't match up. And so we get like crumbs in the little seam. And it drives me absolutely bonkers. Um, the, the cabinets aren't great quality. So some of the doors are loose. And no matter how many times I tighten them, they're still wiggly. Um, and I just really wish that that microwave was not like the focal point of the kitchen. So that's my kitchen. And I need some perspective. <laughs> so what does perspective look like? Did you know that as of 2020, 771 million people worldwide lacked even basic level of water service? 
The average home size in Italy is only 891 square feet. 54.4 million Americans don't have access to healthy food. So now what do I see when I look at my kitchen? If I walk up to that sink and I turn on the faucet, you know what comes out? Water. Hot water, cold water, lukewarm water. And for all I know, if I leave that faucet on, it's going to run for all of eternity. I can walk over to my refrigerator and I open it up and what do I find? Food. Fresh food, some junk food, leftovers. And when that runs out, I get in my car, I go to the store, and I buy whatever I want, and I bring it back home. So let me be clear. We're not just trying to compare ourselves to others who have less to make ourselves feel better. I'm encouraging you to look beyond yourself, beyond your situation, beyond your blessing, beyond your struggle, to see what the Lord is really doing outside of our tunnel vision. So how do we find that perspective? It's looking outside of ourselves. Um, Ecclesiastes 2, which um, Solomon is just accounting, recounting all of the things that he's like acquired and what it's left him. And at the end in verse 11, he says this. Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it. And behold, all was vanity and a striving after wind. And there was nothing to be gained under the sun. So even Solomon, who had everything, learned that. So... Acquiring this perspective can happen through righteous things like scripture memory. Um, Matthew 6.21, Luke 12.24 are two of my favorites. Um, Prayer to align your heart with the Lord's. And then also through service. And that's what I want to focus on today. Looking outside of ourselves through service gains perspective to the needs of others. And how God has equipped us to love those around us. So I'm going to focus on both external and internal service using those terms to describe it. External is going to be serving with our kids, with our families outside. Internal is going to be service of ourselves. So external service with your kids, it does not have to be a production, y'all. Like having kids is a production in and of itself. Don't make it hard on you. Um, Start within your family, with your kids, with those sibling relationships. Um, Arguing is often a sign that my kids are focused only on themselves, and sometimes that can just come to like a full boil situation. There's, you know how you have those days where they just argue like nonstop. Um, and we use the verse um, Philippians two three in our family, and it says, "Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves." And so, in those moments of arguing, we will point to that. I've also been known to ask. This may sound harsh, but I will ask. My children, are you more important than your sister? Or are you more important than your brother? Are you the most important person in this family? To which, of course, they know the answer. It's no. And then I tell him, the way that you just pushed her out of the way to be the first one to get in the car does not show that. And just challenging them. How can you use your actions and your words to show your siblings, your mom, your dad, whoever, that you love and care for them? And then we can widen that circle a little bit and serve our neighbors or those we normally come in contact with. Um, we had a elderly neighbor, Miss Peggy, who lived two doors down one morning when I was out front. I saw her walking to get her paper, and she slipped on her driveway um, going to get her paper. And I just realized that was so something that we could help her with. Um, so my then five-year-old, um, I asked if he wanted to help by going to get her paper every morning, to which he was excited to do because he got to run two doors down all by himself and grab that paper and put it up on her stoop every day. Um, And it really just allowed us some connection with her. Um, On a Christmas morning, we went over there because we knew she didn't have any family over until the afternoon and just took 
like a Lego set and some other things they'd gotten for Christmas and just got to sit with her and show off their little presents. And um, she mailed our son, a, or brought over our birthday card for our son, and it had like $2 stuck in it, and he just beamed with pride for that. And um, she passed away um, just a few years ago, and when she did, her daughter actually mailed our family a card and specifically just thanked us that she, Miss Peggy, talked about her neighbors um, who brought her paper all the time. Um, so it's just an opportunity to love others that you naturally come in contact with um, and impact them just like Jesus would want to. Now, if we widen that circle just a little bit more, we're going to be serving those that we don't normally come in contact with. And these are ones that are like the marginalized and the forgotten, those that Jesus really did love so well. And so what does that look like for us with kids? Um, there really is lots of opportunities. Just a few, um, if you're familiar with Brother Bill's, um, it's a ministry that Watermark partners with, but they have a grocery store that people can come and shop in. You can go down there with your kids and help stock shelves. Uh, blessing bags, if you haven't heard of that, typically you can just put like a bottle of water um, and a granola bar um, for a homeless person and then maybe you write a note, you have your kids write a note, you know, we see you, God sees you, you are loved and pray over that bag and then when you're in the car with your kids, being able to hand that to somebody that you see on the street corner instead of just driving by. Um, we donate extra stuffed animals. I know nobody has extra stuffed animals, right? Um, I make my kids, I give them like a limit, you can keep 10 stuffed animals. And anything that they have left over, anything that they decide to get rid of, we'll take to the Children's Advocacy Center of Collin County or Dallas County, and that's the um, CPS office, and those go to um, foster youth as they come in for visits and things like that. Um, you can even just write notes or go visit a local senior center. Um, so those are all easy ways to jump in with your kids for service. Um, but I also want to talk about that internal service, serving of ourselves. Um, and I know this room is very familiar with serving of ourselves. We're mothers. Like, that's what we do. You're the first ones to wake up and the last ones to shower and the last ones to eat. And you, like, physically give of your body all day long to serve your family. Um, but the why matters. Um, Galatians 1.10 says, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Um, I'm sure everybody has a least favorite chore. And it may, you may have more than one least favorite chore. Mine is um, squeegeeing. Is that a word? Squeegeeing the shower doors. We have a glass shower. And you have to like, you know, uh-huh. And I don't know why it annoys me to all end. I mean, maybe I'm just like already in a bad mood because I have to get out of the hot shower. But it just drives me crazy. My husband hates it too. I've been even known to be so petty as to shower before him on purpose so that he has to shower and then he has to do the squeegeeing and I don't have to. So you can see how quickly my heart just goes like, yeah. So our attitude matters. Why? There's two things that I thought of. One of them, we glorify the Lord in our service. Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And the other is that we're an example for our kids. Deuteronomy says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. And that's just what I want to encourage you ladies in today is just that heart behind the service, behind the monotony when things are just like unbearably monotonous at home and you are 
tying shoes, brushing teeth, doing dishes for the umpteenth time. Where is your heart in that? Um, And I just want to close by reading one of my favorite prayers from um, this book, Every Moment Holy, which is the book of liturgy. And um, just want to pray this over you guys as I close. So pray with me. Lord, I offer this small service to you, for you make no distinction between those acts that bring a person the wide praise of their peers and those unmarked acts that are accomplished in quiet obedience without accolade. You see instead a heart, the love, and the faithful stewardship of labors great and small. And so in your loving presence, I undertake this task. O God, grant that my heart might be ordered aright, knowing that all good service faithfully rendered is first a service rendered unto you. Receive then this my service, that even in the midst of labors that hold no happiness in themselves, I might have increasing joy. Amen. And now I'm going to welcome to this stage our lovely friend, Sunday McDonald. I serve in AV, and it's been that kind of day. There's always something y'all usually don't know, but today it, it came out. All right, I'm Sunday McDonald. I'm wife to Darren and mom of two teenage boys, uh, Reese and Zach. Um, this picture is from Mother's Day just last weekend, and while this is a pretty joy-filled photo, I wish I could say they were easy to come by these days. I promise I was a fun mom. I, I, I think I still am. Uh, We used to do all kinds of fun things, like days and moments were hard for sure, but the fun, the creations, the outings and adventures, there's memories I still treasure. But now I've got two boys going through puberty and with a whole lot of hormones. And nobody wants to do anything with me. They don't want hugs, they want space and a lot of it. And what comes out of their mouth sometimes? Before, it was more physically challenging, the, the exhaustion, the demands, but now it's more emotionally so. Plus, because they're just not home as much, it's harder to connect and make those memories. So when I read a t-shirt or a sign that says, choose joy, I want to give one of their famous eye rolls. Because it doesn't much feel like a choice. And if you're not choosing joy when you think you should, You should be happy. You should be grateful to be a mom. Others struggle more than you. Get yourself together. Well, then you just put yourself in a big old pile of shame. And shame, while it's a big, cozy blanket I tend to put on way too often, it's actually from the enemy, and it's not the way of God. So what do we do when we're not feeling it? We call it out. We say what it is and the feelings that are behind it. This is hard. I'm tired. I am struggling because whatever. We use the HALT method. It's often used on on babies and children when they're fussy or emotional to figure out what they need. But I think it works for us too. It stands for hungry, angry, tired, and lonely. Have you eaten? Are you frustrated about something? Do you need connection? Do you need rest? It's time to put on our oxygen mask. We don't ignore it, sweep it under the rug, or just power through. Because in the silence and in the ignoring, you don't see it, but it's growing.
bitterness and discontentment grow. You know what happens to a little piece of food that falls under the crevices of the car seat, and you know it's there, but then you get busy and you forget to pick it out? Well, it grows mold, and it starts to stink up the whole car. Y'all know, right? Things brought into the light lose their power, so we call it out. Powering through is operating on our strength, not his. But we also call it out because we are allowed to feel. We're allowed to feel, to mourn, to be frustrated, and to struggle. I want to say it again. That's why we have all those emojis. We are allowed to feel, to mourn, and to struggle. Paul had a thorn. David cried out. Jacob wrestled with the Lord. Jesus agonized in the garden and set a great example for us. So his example is our next point. We call him in. <clears throat> Take your complaints to the Lord. Wait a minute, but I thought we weren't supposed to complain and grumble. Well, just like there's righteous anger, I think there's a God-honoring way to do this. You're confessing your struggle or your cloudy heart, and you're bringing it to the one that can handle the load. Plus, he tells us to come. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. See, we mistakenly think the joy is just supposed to come from us. We should just feel it. There's that shame again. Uh, but God tells us where it comes from. John 15, 11 says, I've told you this so that my joy may be complete in you and that your joy may be complete. See, it's his joy that he gives to us. Romans 15, 13 also says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the hope, power of the Holy Spirit. Next, we ask for help. We tell God. We ask for joy, peace, and rest, for a next right step, or for a renewed spirit. But we also ask others for the help we need. Reach out to a friend, your spouse, parents, community. Not asking for help well, is just another way of shaming yourself for having needs at all. It isn't weakness. It's wise to address them, to rely on him and the people that he's provided. Galatians 6.2 says for us to carry each other's burdens, and in so we fulfill the law of Christ. Not asking for the help you need is like leaving that moldy piece of food in the dark recesses of your car and letting it grow until it's undeniable and much worse to deal with. Next, we look for the good. Parenting is not won or lost in a day. I remind myself of that often. It's full of moments, good and bad. With the hard ones, we confess, we be forgiven, and we let it go. And we model that to our kids. But on the good ones, we hold on to them. We write them down as things to be thankful for so you can refer to them again later on hard days. Um, I wish I had done that more, both for me and the kids. Then we find the humor in today. We laugh. Millie is so great about taking something annoying or frustrating and just make it into a funny. It's one of my favorite things about her, and there's been so many times, even still, that I will be so frustrated and think, I should take a picture of this kid's room, send it to her, and tell her where I can find something funny in it, because she will do it. So we look for the good, and then next, we reconnect. We remember the way that we connect to God the most. Music, prayer, study, worship, nature, beauty, dance, art. 
And we try to do that even in the smallest way. A dance party, a nature walk, doing art, uh, worship music. We, we always went on nature walks um, and point out the tiniest things that God made or made it into some kind of little scavenger hunt just to keep their interest. But whether it's with the kids or you're solo, connecting with God is the thing that will set your heart right and it will guard your, your heart from all the things that you're in currently and that are to come. Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures in your right hand. I love that he's going to fill us with joy, but just by being with him. Next and last, we trust. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. We're blessed when we trust in him. So even though we feel, we can say, I feel X, but I trust in the Lord that I'm forgiven when I complain. I'm his child. I'm loved. My value comes from him alone. My work in him is not in vain. That's, That's a good one to hold on to. He is faithful to redeem the day, the week, the month, the years. My children are his and in his hands. We're not perfect but we are his children, and he loves teaching and encouraging us throughout our day. I can say that as a mom, I want my boys to come to me with all their fears and their struggles and their anxieties. I want to help them through it. I want to impart wisdom for them to trust me. Doesn't our Heavenly Father want that for us, his children, too? He does. So even when we can't feel it, we can move towards joy by calling it out, calling him in, asking for help, looking for the good, and trusting God as our source, because he's where the joy is. Sorry. Okay. Okay, next we have table time. A little break, and then we'll have three more people coming up. But we have table time. There should be, oh, there they are. Questions up there for y'all to talk for a few minutes, and then we'll come back at it. Okay, here we go. Part two. Y'all, these lights are a lot brighter than I was um, expecting. Okay. So, flip your notes page over. I am talking about um, joy and sibling harmony. So find my little box. These are my people. My name is Katie Jones. I have been married to my husband, David, for a little bit over 10 years. We have three boys. Braxton is our oldest. He's seven and a half. And then Ryder is six. And then Wesley is three. And he um, is the inspiration for this talk today. So... (laughs) Okay, y'all, we have, we have days left before we are out for the summer, and I am equal parts excited because that means that I don't have to forget that I washed, that I didn't wash my son's nap mat and just like shake it out and refold it and then send it back to school and hope that they don't notice. I don't have to pack lunches anymore. I don't have to not check my son's homework folder anymore. But also that means that that scary thing happens with our clocks where days all of a sudden last 75 million hours. 
and it's 110 degrees outside. So everybody is hot and cranky, and there, our activities have been taken away. Our routine is gone, and it gets really, um, you know, Lord of the Flies-ish really fast at my house. So the two things I want to talk to you about in regards to sibling harmony are training your kids to get along and speaking life over them. Um, 1 John 4, 7 through 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Um, anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Y'all, God is love. Um, I don't have notes. That was 1 John 4, 7 through 8. Um, a quick, quick side note before I get to mention this. Everything that I know on this topic, I've learned over the years through Millie Hale. She's got lots of talks on um, the Watermark app in the Nest tab. So if you want a deep dive, go there. Um, okay, training our kids. Y'all, we get so amped up to train our kids to do stuff. Potty training, we've got the undies, we've got the plan, we've got the M&Ms, we've got, we've told our husband, like, I'm not cooking these three days, and I have a reason. Like, I need you to know that when you come home, the house is going to be chaos, because the only thing I'm doing is making sure that my child doesn't TT on the floor. That's it. And like, we, we do these things, right? We take training our kids very seriously, and then we forget that we should also, like, channel that energy into training them to get along with one another and to share and to play. And so many times I just go, okay, great, go play, go be kind. And I haven't set them up for success. And it's, you know, 30 seconds before they're screaming at one another. The little one has made everybody cry. Y'all, 15 seconds, he had both of the big boys in tears. I'm not kidding. 15 seconds. And there's, anyways, this is a complex thing to process as a mom because I'm like, he's tiny and y'all are big. How did he do that? But we have to train our kids. So what does that look like? That looks like not cleaning out your fridge, not, you know, color coding your books, waking up in the morning and going, hey, today, today my focus is training my kids how to play, just like you would potty training. Today, it's not going to be a one and done. You're going to revisit it lots of times. But today, today I'm working on sibling relationships because, hey, brothers are best friends. Brothers are more important than toys. Like, your Legos, mm -mm. If, if the Legos are causing a problem, like, they're gone because brothers are the most important. But what that looks like before you get to that point is, hey, this morning I'm sitting down with my people and we're playing Legos together. And I am in the middle of that conversation facilitating what it looks like to ask kindly and to take turns and to respect our, our brother's creation and, and truly I am there going, oh my gosh, thank you for sharing. Would you like, <gasps> Bubba would like, a, uh, would like a turn with that. Oh, thank you for asking so nicely. And you feel so ridiculous, but it's just like how excited we get when somebody goes to the bathroom in the potty. It's that same energy of, I'm so proud of you for the way that you shared. You're so good. Did you see how good he was at sharing with you? That's incredible. And just teaching them, giving them the opportunity to have a safe space to ask to take turns and to get along and to play really well together. Proverbs 12:20, deceit is in the hearts of those who plot evil, but those who promote peace have joy. And how, I mean, how easy is it for us to plot evil, especially in those sibling relationships when you just want your way, when you want it, how you want it, and to just take that time to slow down and go, okay, 
hey, husband, we're having pizza tonight and we're using paper plates because today I'm fostering, I'm fostering forever friendships between our kids. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. So when you get home today and it looks like the house is caught on fire, I need you to notice how well everybody is getting along. <laughs> um, so... Train your kids. Train your kids to be friends. They're not, they're not going to do it on their own, and I promise you it'll pay off in dividends. And it'll be something, you know, you take a couple of days to do it, and then, and then everybody is good for maybe a few hours by themselves. And then you take a, the opportunity to do it again, and then you get a longer stretch out of it. And then you revisit it again, and then you get a longer stretch. And before you know it, you can send your people to their rooms to, to play by themselves, and you can do the Marie Kondoing of your refrigerator that you've been so excited about. Um, okay, the other thing is, is speaking life over your, over your kids. And this is what this looks like. And I promise I've been doing this since, so Braxton and Ryder are 17 months apart. So I've got, you know, I'm home from the hospital with a brand new baby. And I'm going, and I'm, I'm intentionally speaking life over my oldest in front of my youngest. So I'm going, Ryder, you are the luckiest baby in the whole entire world because Braxton is your big brother and he is so good at helping mom. Did you see how he helped me unload the dishwasher? And I, you feel crazy. You really do because Ryder doesn't know, but Braxton is hearing me, right? And so I'm, I'm planting those seeds in his subconscious of, I'm a really good big brother. Man, I love being a big brother. And, um, and again, these, these tiny seeds just over time, the fruit that grows from that is, is unreal. And I could get teary-eyed thinking about it because it's just the Lord growing, growing that truth in their heart um, and just teaching them to love one another. John 13, 34 through 35, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. So teaching them what does it look like to love one another by speaking that truth over them. And, and now, um, so I don't have a 14-week-old, but now, I mean, as often as I can remember, it's, thank you, oh my gosh, I'm, Ryder, did you know that you are double lucky because you get to be a little brother in our house and a big brother in our house? Man, because bro- brothers are the best, and you've got two of them on either side of you. That's incredible. And just, like, reminding them of, and, and you can do this even if you only have one kiddo at home. It's, I'm so thankful that I get to be your mom. Out of all the moms in the whole entire world, I am the only one that God picked to be your mom, and that makes me the luckiest mom. Did you know that? Did you know how lucky I am to be your mom? Let's go to the park. Like, it's just those little, those little moments mixed in your day that just start to um, foster the relationships between the siblings in your house because they have that. They feel safe and loved and empowered to be, to be best friends, you know, because you're, you're giving them that language. Um, and that is something that doesn't take a whole lot of, of um, pre-planning. I, man, y'all, I am so good at making, making a Pinterest board and not implementing any of it. And I am so good at having, like, these grand plans and then, you know, getting really tired and forgetting about it. But these things are just, like, you just do it as you're walking down the road with your kids, Deuteronomy, you're, you're just, as you go, you're telling, you're telling your kids these things and you're training them in this way. So speaking truth over, oh my gosh, you are so lucky that you have a big brother that is so good at this. Did you know how, and he's so good at sharing with you. Did you see how he just shared with you? And you're going to feel really dumb. You're going to feel really dumb, especially if there are other adults around, but man, it's worth it. It is worth it. So 
hang in there. Summer is coming, and it doesn't have to be scary, and it doesn't have to be anarchy, and it doesn't have to be um, your kids just screaming at each other. But when it is, put down what you're doing, sit down on the floor, play with your kids, and model for them how you want them to treat one another. Model for them what it looks like to love one another and to be kind and to take turns and share, especially when you feel yourself getting worked up. I had the opportunity to practice this last night because my oldest was very frustrated with my youngest because he wasn't making the correct fire truck sound. And so I got the opportunity to go, Lord, thank you for helping me remember what I'm talking about tomorrow because I was in the middle of doing, you know, who knows what was very important, but like, okay, stop what I'm doing, sit down on the floor and talk about how brothers are more important than fire trucks, and it doesn't matter what sound he makes, and aren't we so thankful that we have a fire truck that we can share with our brother? Man, you're so good at sharing and reminding them what is true, and just slowing it all down and calming myself down. So thank you all for having me today. That's it. Sarah. Hello, hello, can you hear me? Okay, hi, I am Sarah Horan, and I'm really excited to be here with you guys today. I feel like I'm really loud, is that really loud? Okay, cool. Um, okay, like I said, I'm Sarah Horan, I'm really excited to be here with you guys today and to share a little bit about um, my family and one way that we experience joy in our home. So this is my family, this is my husband Tommy, we've been married for 10 years, and we have three little girls, Greer is seven, Liza is five, and Blythe is almost two. And like I said, we've been married for 10 years, and when we got married, we received a KitchenAid mixer as a wedding present. And you guys, I need to tell you about my KitchenAid mixer. I have a picture of it because I love it. Um, it was one of those gifts on my registry that I was so excited to get. I had wanted one for a really long time. And if you have one, you know, like you can get all these different attachments and you can make pasta and all these different desserts and you can, um, you can spiral zucchini and you can, you can do all of these things with this mixer. And so I was really excited. I had these grand plans for my mixer. And so I can tell you honestly, wholeheartedly, that in 10 years of marriage, I can count on one hand the number of times I've actually used my mixer, my beloved mixer, right? So some of you are like, she's crazy. Others of you are like, I totally get it. I've got something in my kitchen that I never use either. So y'all are my people. So um, I share this with you today because I believe we've been given an even greater gift that we are not using. Here's the thing about my mixer. Let me go back for a second. Here's the thing about my mixer. This is the hard truth that I had to come to with my mixer, is that it's not that it's too hard to use. It's just that I love the idea of my mixer, but I'm not willing to make a plan to figure out how to use it, right? So I'm leaving all of this potential out on the table, and I'm just not using it. And so we've been given an even greater gift that we're not using and it's the gift of rest or the gift of Sabbath. Now, hear me out. Before you tune me out, just hear me out. Here's the deal. We love the idea of rest. We know we need it. We need it to survive. But we're not really willing to figure out how to use it in our lives and how to make it really beneficial. And so we're leaving all of this potential out on the table, right? Okay. 
I am not an expert on Sabbath. I can't go through, and I'm not going to do this to you today. I'm not going to go through all the theology, the layers of Sabbath. Um, But I can tell you from my experience what it's been like and how it has been so helpful for my family. And maybe it'll be helpful for you too. All right, so a couple of years ago, we were, um, my kids were four and two, and I was pregnant with my youngest. And so y'all know what that's like. I was so tired. And okay, my husband was working really long hours, and we were just trying to survive. And we were doing good things. We were going to community group. We were going to Bible study. We were um, going to dance lessons and swim lessons and play dates and all the things. We were doing all of these great things that we love to do. But we knew we had to, we had to change. It was a pace that was just unsustainable for our lives. And so around that time, this was before the COVID shutdown. Let's just be clear about that. Um, we knew something had to change. And so around that time, um, there were lots of books and podcasts and articles and things that just kept bringing up the topic of Sabbath. And so my husband and I were like, let's just try it. I mean, what do we have to lose, right? Like, we're exhausted. Why not? Let's try it. It's biblical. Let's do it. Okay, so that's what we did. We just made a plan And we figured out how it could work. And so for us, at this time, we chose 6 p.m. on a Saturday night to 6 p.m. on a Sunday night. And we said, all right, let's write out our ideal 24 hours. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? How are we going to fill our cups and rest? And then how are we, what are the distractions? What are the things that are keeping us from doing that? So this is an example of what we did. So Saturday night, again, my kids were four and two at the time, so we had to kind of be flexible with this. Um, But we started with a dinner, and I chose something that was easy and something I knew my kids would like because they're really picky eaters, and I really didn't want complaining in our, like, Sabbath. So um, I just did macaroni and cheese and peanut butter and jelly for them, and then I got something really good for my husband and I. And we did that, and we had a fun dessert, and we got to have intentional conversation and talk about um, the verse in Psalms about taste and see that the Lord is good. And we just got to be really intentional with our kids, and we said, hey, we're going to put away our distractions, and we're going to make this family time and be really intentional with all of our meals and with our, our downtime and all of that. And so then we put the kids to bed, and my husband and I just relaxed, and we didn't have the TV on. We put our phones away, and we just talked. We played a game. We just made it very simple. We went to bed early because we're kind of nerdy, and I really like sleep. And so we just went to bed early, and it was great. And then we got up. We went to church the next morning, and we came home, and we had brunch. Okay, I should have put that in quotes because that really sounds a lot fancier than what it was. It was literally just like eggs and bacon and like toast. Sometimes we'll pull out, you know, pizza from the night before and heat it up, but my kids really like to call it brunch. It makes it sound more fun. So that's what we did. And then um, put our kids down for naps because they were both still napping at that time, which was glorious. So we put them down and then my husband and I both did separate things. And we kind of, I did something that filled me up at that point. It was a nap. I took a nap myself because I was really tired. Um, And my husband, I think he went for a run and just did things. We each did things that filled our own cups during that time. And then when our kids woke up, we just played with them. We played a game. We took them to the park. Um, None of these things are like earth shattering, like brand new ideas. But the point was we weren't distracted and we were really intentional with that time. And so that's what made that different than any other day going to the park or any other day going for a walk. 
Um, I don't know where you are today. I don't know what season of life you're in. I don't know if you are in the busy season of the end of the school year with your school kids and all you can do is just like get through to the end of May. Um, Or if you're a new mom with a brand new baby and you are just exhausted because you're just being, you're on all the time. I don't know where you are, but you might be somewhere in between. Um, But you can have this too. And this is a sweet gift from the Lord that we get to enjoy. All you need to do is just, oh, let me get back really quick. Here are some things that we learned from this. Okay, really quick. Three things that we learned that I definitely want to share with you. One, Sabbath is a day of rest, but it's not a day off. I don't need to tell a room of moms that. You guys know that. Um, You still have to change diapers. We still have to cut up fruit. We still have to do all of these things. But we can have a heart and a mind of restfulness during that. Um, The second thing we learned is that um, practicing Sabbath requires intentionality. It does require planning and setting expectations with your husband and with your kids. And, um, you know, if for me, doing chores and laundry and things like that, that takes up a lot of headspace and kind of stresses me out. And I can't really rest if I know I have laundry I've got to do or meals I have to plan. And so I just figure out another day during the week to do that. I don't do it during that Sabbath window. Um, And so it just requires planning. But here's the last thing, and this is the biggest thing. If you don't hear anything else I say today, I want you to hear this. Um, The biggest takeaway that we have from this experience was the truth of Psalm 103. And here's what it says. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Here's the thing. When that when we finished that first experience with Sabbath, we experienced that. We, we remembered God's goodness. We enjoyed the gifts that he had given us. Uh, we felt refreshed. We felt renewed. We were ready for the week ahead. We were satisfied. And there was so much joy that came from that. Don't you want that? Like, we all want that, and we need that. It's a sweet gift from the Lord that we get to experience that. All you need to do, wherever you are in your season of life, is just make a plan. There are four things to think through. Just think, think about what rest looks like for you, for your family, what fills your cup, um, what stirs your affections for God, and what are the things that are distracting you from doing those things. Just think through that. Talk with your husband. Pray about that. Um, and then and just make a plan. Um, here's the thing. There's a God in heaven who loves you, and he's lavished good gifts on you. This is part of the abundant life that we get to experience here on earth. And in Colossians 2, it tells us that it is just a shadow of what's to come in eternity. Don't you want that? We get to experience that now here today. So I don't know. This summer may be a good chance to to try to practice this and put this into practice, involve your kids, Um, It's really changed a lot of what we do in our family, and it's been so beneficial. Um, And so I hope that it's helpful for you. Thank you so much. And then Chrissy Billman is going to come on up. Awesome. We got to hear from 
some pretty awesome ladies today. All the girls that spoke today are on our Nest Leadership team. I should have said that before. Um, so you've probably seen them hanging out here, but they just tirelessly serve this ministry all year, all year round. And so just so thankful that we actually get to like see faces from behind the scenes. So, so fun. Um, one thing that, the thing I get to talk about, which I'm super pumped about, is actually how to have fun with your kids. So we got the the meat already. We've already talked about it, our walk with the Lord, how to make time for him, um, and all the other good things that the ladies have talked about previously. And so now I just get to talk about the practicality of what does it look like to have fun and enjoy the summer with your people. Um, Ecclesiastes 8.15 says, So I recommend the enjoyment of life, for there is nothing better on earth for a person to do except to eat, drink, and enjoy life. So joy will accompany him in his toil, or motherhood, during the days of his life, which God has given him on earth. And so this kind of all came to a head for me. Um, March 2020, obviously, the world changed. And so I went from my... Two of my kids being out of the house somewhat for schooling and one in the home to all three in the home. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you have to homeschool, which you're not a teacher. And so good luck with that. Um, And so I remember in May of 2020 literally staying in the kitchen with my husband and just the tears coming going, we're about to start summer? I just did summer. Like, are you kidding me? Like, how am I going to do this? Um, And so it was that moment that through the tears and through somebody that had already gone before me, um, that the Lord put on my heart, Chris, you're not a planner. You're not a teacher. This is not your gifting. But that doesn't mean you can't make a plan. And so what that looked like for us is I had a friend that said, guess what? We do themed weeks. Like we do themed days for five days of the week all through the summer. Um, and so wanted to break that down for you guys on what that looks like for us. And I would encourage you to adapt it to what would work best for you guys. So every Monday in the summer was make something Monday for us. That could be extravagant. That could be like, we are going to make a three layer cake for grandma for her birthday. That could look like I found dollar store popsicles and we have juice or lemonade, and we're making popsicles. So that takes no effort on my part. Um, But it gave something for the kids to look forward to. And so I would encourage you guys, don't reinvent the wheel. Look around, ask friends, and just see what kind of they're doing and their plans and start to cultivate your own plans. Um, Tuesday was Taco Tuesday. My kids love Taco Tuesday. And what's cool is it wasn't the same taco every time. I tried to find different recipes. And then we got to say, okay, your favorite recipe was ground beef. Your favorite recipe was, you know, chicken. And my husband's favorite was tikka masala. Guys, I went all out and found all sorts of recipes. Um, And then when it was time to cycle back through them, whatever favorites the kids was, they helped me because they were excited about it. And so they knew what to expect, and they knew it was exciting, and I still had to feed my people. So it wasn't like I was doing anything extra or extraordinary. It was just something exciting for them to look forward to. Water Wednesday. Loved Water Wednesday. It either was an opportunity for for me to say we're going to a splash pad or a pool, or look it outside. The Lord provided rain. Go put on your bathing suits and go in the backyard. Like, and they loved it. Sprinklers. Um, one time, my I 
bought the water balloons. I hate tying balloons. I can't do that, by the way. But I bought the ones that, like, refill themselves and, you know, close themselves. And I got some of those at Target pickup. And we laid out my husband's bathing suit on the ground with a note that said, come out in the back, uh, backyard if you dare. And I had all the kids, like, hiding in the backyard with water balloons. And I kid you not, that was two years ago, and we still talk about it. It was, like, the highlight of the summer. But it required very little on my part. But the kids loved it when we created memories. Um, Thankful Thursday was probably one of my favorite ones. And that was a time where what Martha was talking about, we got to not focus on us and our stuff, but we got to focus on others. And so a lot of the time that looked like um, making little treats for our neighbors. And little treats meaning like you put pretzels on a sheet pan with a Rolo, stick it in the oven for a few minutes, and you press a nut in it, and bam, it's a turtle. Well done. Way to go. The kids could help. It was easy. And then it gave them an opportunity to run it over to the neighbor and with a card that they had done and things like that to say, hey, we're thankful for you. We're thankful that God put you here in our life. Um, That can look like a lot of different things. Uh, Martha mentioned so many of them. So I would just look for an opportunity for your kids to serve in small and big ways and let that be your thankful Thursday. Thank you, Lord, that we have firefighters and policemen that um, protect us. Let's go bring them literally a box of individualized chips, you know, or pre-made cookies or whatever that is, um, and thank you notes. Um, And then the last one was Field Trip Friday. So that was honestly for me. I am I'm on the go. I love to get out and do things. Um, and so we got a chance to like that be the day. And so that could look like, again, going to the water park. That could sometimes be simple, like going to Nana's house and spending the day out there. Or it could be as big as um, Kids Empire or something else to that effect. Um, but that's kind of how I structured my week. And it didn't put pressure on me. It didn't make me feel like I had more on my to-do list, but it made memories with my kids, and it made it fun for me, too, which I was shocked about. Um, The other thing that I would recommend doing or that I've seen and that my kids love, too, is we get a big poster board at the beginning of summer, and mom writes real big summer bucket list. And you get to involve your kids in this and ask them what they would like to do. Caveat. My kids are like, it's on the list and we haven't done it yet? Unacceptable. And so there's a big old asterisk when we start this and we say we are going to try to do as much as we can, but we will not get to everything. This is just a great way for us to pull ideas off of. Feel the trip Friday. It's coming up. Let's go to our bucket list. What should we do? Um, And so to take a look at that. I've gotten so many great suggestions from people um, on things that we, activities to do. One of my favorite ones, and this is because I love food, um, is pick something specific from like a fast food restaurant or like french fries or um, an ice cream place. And your quest all summer is to figure out the best french fry out there. And so once a week you go, all right. We're going to McDonald's today. And you go through McDonald's and you get a small fry and everybody gets some. And you're like, all right, vote, one to ten, what'd you think? And then the next week you do the same and you find a different place. Um, And that could be with fries, that could be with ice cream, that could be, you name it. That could be donuts, like what donut place, you know? Um, But it gives it something fun and something to look forward to without stressing you out. And you get all the family in on it and it's super fun. 
Um, the last thing that I want to talk about, too, is with a plan, that doesn't mean a schedule. So what I found during Snowmageddon is when my people, again, were home and I was homeschooling, very loose, um, I was like, I can do this teacher thing. I got this. And I mean, I was like, wake up this time. You know, get up, read your Bible at this time. And I mean, it was like, do, 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 do. Well, by like day three of being snowed in, I was exhausted because that is not life-giving to me. And so what I realized is forget the schedule, but have a routine. All right, the kids are going to get up roughly this time to this time. If we just get up and we pop on the TV, they're grouchy people. We're going to get up. You're going to eat a bar. Let's be real. I don't make breakfast. Have a Z bar. You're welcome. And then we are going to, mommy needs time in the word. You need quiet time and in the word too because we're all just waking up. So here are your coloring sheets and all the things that people have said before. That's when you can start implementing those. Lunch has to come at some point in time, but that can also come after outside time. Not necessarily timed out, but just have a general flow to the day so that the kids know they thrive off routine and we're suddenly going into summer with no routine. Give them something to kind of grasp onto, but that doesn't overwhelm you. Now, if you are routine and you love those times, go for it. But just know that that's just not everybody's speed, not my speed, doesn't give me life, and I burn out. And then I look at my kids and, um, real, you know, a small problem becomes a big emotion for me. And so just know where you lie in that and what your strengths are. So make a plan. Oh, and on your sheet, I went ahead and fa like researched and found people and came up with 25 um, summer ideas. Y'all ask your friends. We're about to break out in a table time. Ask what's worked for your family. What's the best kept secret out there? Um, right now with my kids and their timing and with how hot it's about to get, Kids Empire, super expensive in my opinion. But free re-entry. Does everybody know that? Because if not, you should. So we will go when it opens. We will play. We will come back for lunch and nap time. And then we go back. And then sometimes I even call and I'm like, hey, babe, why don't you pick up Chick-fil-A? We're going to eat it at the park. And then we're going to go back in and wear those suckers out, you know. Um, but find those little great little secrets and share it with your friends. Open it up to community. Be on those group texts. Hey, guys, this is the best kept secret. You guys should totally plan this out or whatever. So anyway, right now we're going to head to um, uh, table time, and y'all talk through some of these things. And just remember, it can be so fun. Summer can be so fun, daunting at times, but the Lord gives us a spirit of joy. And so let's make this a summer that is marked by joy. Hey, ladies. I know there's lots of great conversation going on, and I don't want to rush you too much, but um, it is like 11.53-ish, and we need to be downstairs to pick up kids at about noon. So you can go and wrap up those conversations. Um, this is our last event for the school year, so we're like, I know, boo. Um, but we will keep stuff coming through Instagram if you follow us through the summer, um, and then just keep your ears out for when stuff kicks back up in the fall, um, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you then. Um, before you guys leave, we do have some fun. We have some little 
gifties. Um, Elizabeth, who makes those cute little scripture cards, um, has given us 10 sets of her different cards to give away. So if you want to look under your chairs, if you have a sticker under your chair, you get to pick out one of those sets. And they are going to be at the sign-in table just outside the doors. And y'all feel free to come check these empty tables. There are empty tables. You can turn over chairs. Yay! We have some winners! So anyways, just real quick, if you guys find one of those, you can grab those at the table um, where you check in. um, And you can pick out a set of those cards to take home. Yeah, I don't know. There may be extras up here. You can go flipping tables and chairs. Anyways, I am going to pray for us just real quick. I know that was like chaos, and I'm like, hey, now let's pray. <clears throat> no winner. I'm so sorry. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so if you guys will just pray with me real quick, and then you have a few minutes to like run to the restroom and then go grab your kids. Lord, thank you for the nest. Thank you for these moms that um, get all of their little people and themselves together um, to come and listen and learn um, and be encouraged by your word. We just thank you that um, there is space in this church for us to gather, and I pray that each of these ladies would continue to pursue you as they love and serve um, and have fun with their families this summer. Bring us all back safely in the fall. It's in your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Thank you, ladies.